Welcome to the After Dark Podcast with Anthony James and Conrad. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Hello and welcome to the After Dark Podcast. I'm Anthony James and that's Conrad. Hello. Nailed it. Right, Conrad, how are you this week? I'm very well, thank you. I'm a bit sore because uh, gyms have reopened in the country on Wednesday. Yeah, they think they opened on Wednesday, so I was in for the first time in about a month and a half. I'm a bit sore. Oh, jeez. Right, what were you doing? Leg day? Started uh, off with leg day? <laughs> no, it was bench and, bench and squats. I have a weird routine, um, but yeah, bench and squats and some other stuff. So I'm all, um, I've, got a, I've got a sore everything, as it turns out. Yeah, well, I'm going to have sore everything tomorrow because I did... DDP yoga. Yeah, you mentioned that the other, the other day. It's good. I, like, it's cool that you're doing that. Yeah, like I bought the discs ages ago and I've been using them sporadically and now uh, Ema was like, you know what? You need to do it because we spent 80 quid on it. And <laughs> yeah. if you don't do it at least 80 times, it's worthless. You know, we yeah. didn't make the money back. That's our thing. If we spend, if we, if we use it once for every pound, then we've got the use out of it. Yeah. I've worn this jumper over 200 times now. Four quid. Oh, come on. Come on. You're, you're effectively there. making money off of it at, at that <laughs> point. I am. I'm making money off this at the minute. But uh, yeah, so doing the yoga, doing the yoga, and uh, Ema, Ema's trying to do it too, but uh, she she can only do the short ones because there's a particular little boy needs fed. So is what it is, you know. Young anyway, children so have no respect you... for yoga. <laughs> yeah, but actually, I need to check. You just reminded me about the gym because I need to check that. I was paying a gym membership and going to the gym before lockdown in March. I think they suspended the payments for a while because of, you know, no one could go. Yeah. But I need to check if that money's coming out now because I don't know if they re- restarted the payments. <laughs> they probably have. Yeah, they probably have, actually. Jeez, I need to get on that. Nice. <laughs> I haven't used it in like four months, probably, and I've probably been paying. All right. I think I'm just a lazy layabout, which I am, but I just don't want to even be on the books for it. Anyway, right, guys, before we start, I've got a few thanks, thank yous to put out here. Um, there's been a, a few a few donations coming our way. Uh, and we're very, very appreciative. If anyone wants to donate to help the podcast, we will get, you know, we're always upgrading our stuff. Uh, we're on the slow climb to a really, really professional sounding podcast. I think we're, we're we're sort of a fair bit up the mountain so far, but we're, it's always a slow climb. So we've got three more donations. You can find the link in the tip jar, for the, for the tip jar in the description. Uh, the first donation comes through from uh, A.Kerim Kulova. Now, I tried to go slow there because I don't know about the pronunciation, but uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Just leave you a yes. little gap there for you. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to say thank you. I don't, I'm not grateful. Oh. No, I am. That's really kind well, of you. You're not getting you. any of the money. <laughs> Actually, just like what um what you said there. I, I I was watching one of our episodes the other day, and it auto played onto one of our earlier ones. And it is like night not to not to blow our own horn, but it is like night and day what we're where we're at now with um with where we were then. And it is thanks to you know people, you know shooting a little a couple of couple of coppers our way to help us out. Yeah, like, you know, guys, at the end of the day, you know, you, you know us. I have a love for Dark. I started a channel because of it. I dragged Conrad in. And this is where we are. So, you know, any advice you can give us on how to make our show better? I mean, you might have noticed the little gaff last week. I left something I left something in accidentally. It was pretty funny anyway. It's not there anymore. So if, if, if you went and recorded the screen to get me uh, making a mistake, that, you know, if you didn't do that, it's not there anymore. It's lost but, uh, into the ether. Yeah, so we are making mistakes every now and then. But at the same time, I think we're learning a lot. And it's thanks to you, your advice in the comments. Next donation comes in from our good friend, Vic Disco. Thanks very much, Vic. Thank you very Big much, thanks. Vic. And last one comes from Rennie. 
I think Rennie goes by Archmaster Rennie in the comments. So thanks very much, Rennie, again. Uh, excellent. All right, guys. Apart from that, I think we'll just say subscribe to the podcast. Um, like the video and if you haven't already. I'm pointing down at the... Oh, I this thought one... you were doing uh, the thumbs down. Oh, no, this is, me, this is me pointing at the bell icon that I want them to smash. Yeah, smash that bell icon. Smash, Make smash sure you turn on all bell. notifications. And uh, subscribe on podcasting apps as well. Thanks very much. If you want to email us, uh, if you listen to podcasting apps and you want to ask Conrad a question, just uh, email us at... at uh, sorry, not at. adpodmail at gmail.com. adpodmail at gmail.com. Uh, comments for Conrad for next episode underneath. All right, Conrad, ready to get into it? Yep, let's do it. Oh, let's break it down! So the episode opens with a dream uh that we see lots of these dreams where people then frighteningly uh, wake up hmm. this time it's uh martyr's turn and as we talked about last time it's sort of it seems as if she's a sort of a a Jonas of this world so it sort of makes sense that she would be waking up sort of from a nightmare in the same way the nightmare itself was a young Jonas and her getting it on so to speak hmm. um yeah so you want to talk about this this nightmare at all first of all well i mean it's in it, it, the location is different because it's not in the bed uh, in her real world household. It's in the Carnval bed, and given the dream that they well, that had, is a real that is a real household, isn't it? What in this in this reality in this world? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I mean that the fact that every sex dream we've seen between them previously has been um, the same sex ha- yeah. has been the same sex scene that happened that happened in the Nielsen house at the night of the party. Yeah. Um, makes me think that this might have also happened as well. Um, and Which is interesting, actually, because you didn't you you sort of were on the fence, even tipping towards it wasn't going to happen. You thought it happened in the past when we first saw it. Yes. Yeah. Last well, time. Last time. I mean. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I guess it kind of did happen in the past, as far as Master is, as far as Alt Master is concerned, but not as far as Jonas is concerned. So true. Um, but yeah, so that that seems like the implication there. Other than that, this intro sequence it it, it gives you little flashes of um, Marta enduring what looks to be a kind of similar event to what Jonas went through with someone getting shot. Don't really see who, but as we'll go through in this episode, I think it it looks like it might be Magnus, given what's what's mentioned um, in this episode. Um, and obviously, we see the St. Christopher pendant come back again more on that mm-hmm. later um oh interesting yeah and then and then she wakes up being watched by stranger um and uh i, I think there's there's interesting turns I, I i'm not sure if i'm fully on board with them yet to be honest with the stranger because it seems to have come out of nowhere a little bit uh although we don't know the contents of the letter that he's what, read what came out of nowhere so he's a lot more Adam-like. he's a lot more like sus- yeah he's a lot more like suspicious and he's quite frequently angry and he's quite imposing in a way that he wasn't before he went back in time. Like you can see the character turning into Adam now. Um, so could I, could I give maybe a thought as to why I think at this point in the show that might be? Yep, go on. Because I think that he's he's in denial that he's going to be Adam. Yeah. And I think when he got there to 1888, a little thing in his head went, oh no, this is what happened to <laughs> it's Adam It's all panning too. out. <laughs> And as the months are going on, yeah. and he's now working on this machine, he's realizing more and more that this is who he's going to be. Yeah. And I think that the denial that he's in is actually maybe gonna, what's going to force him to get there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think that's where I'm getting caught up at the moment because I'm kind of expecting there to be one big moment where it, where it's like, 
okay, my character is turning now. Um, and it seems in a way that actually be probably quite unrealistic. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's what we're actually seeing is a slow kind of just breakdown of all of his good qualities as he gets more frustrated with his failures to create the time machine. And, and like you say, his realization that he is becoming Adam. Um, yeah. But it's um, yeah, it, it, it's interesting to see. And obviously, you know, the, the, the way uh, Marta wakes up with him sitting watching her is quite reminiscent of um, when Jonas woke up with um, with Noah watching him. Um, and actually, yeah. Adam, it might have happened again with Adam. I can't remember. It did happen with Adam. Yeah. Yeah. So it, um, Adam, uh, he woke up with Adam, and then his his yellow jacket and all was sitting there for him to get dressed. Yeah, that's right. So it's happened. And, yeah, yeah, with both Noah and with or young Noah and with um and with Adam. So it's I think it's a pretty pretty obvious visual link between between the characters there. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's a strong opening scene. This I was very sad to see um, that Magnus has had a haircut. That's heartbreaking <laughs> yeah. to me. Well, you know, you'll hopefully you'll get to see a bit more of old Magnus, and you'll see his l- lovely locks. Well, not not for much longer. If this episode is anything to go by, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, uh, Bartos uh, looks like he's playing dress up in this. I can't get past it. He lo- he looks like he's sort of snuck into his dad's cupboard and stolen his suit. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I would agree. He's, he's out of all, all of them. He does seem like he doesn't fit the most. Yeah, I think, um, Stranger definitely fits the most. Uh, he, yeah. he oh, looks my the most. Oh god, mo- yeah, Stranger looks great. He looks the part, hundred percent. He looks great. Um, also, uh, Francisca, see the difference, right? The difference in Francisca in in uh, sort of our world, Adam's world, compared to the alt world, where like she's you know, the, the little preppy sort of tartan wearing you know, sort of sex-loving character yeah. compared to this world where she's, like, sort of no makeup, really, like, sort of... I don't even know how you describe it. Like, sort of it's very, very practical. Dressed. Very conservative, very yeah. practical. The difference in the two characters is really stark and great for me uh, in yeah. this season. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, also, there was a little uh, hint of the letter as well that uh, yeah. that he had. Um, any thoughts on that? I mean, that's kind of what I was focusing on as maybe the thing that tips him over the edge and and sort of started him down this path. I, 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 I we almost got confirmation in this episode that it was Marta who wrote it. I can't actually remember if at the end of the season they said that it was Marta who wrote the letter or 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 not, or if it just pertained to something about Marta. Um, maybe they did say that she wrote it. I think but, I think uh, no, I think he did. No, yeah. Um, mm. but uh, but uh, well, <laughs> I guess Noah is potentially not a trustworthy character so we get reinforcement <laughs> of the fact that maybe she did write it i i wonder what's in it though it's it's going to be something bad it's uh it's it's got to be because his reaction when he first read it was was you know tears and now he seems to have resorted to anger he's almost like going through the stages of grief by the looks of things um but i'm not sure what could possibly be in it yeah, but it also could just be the fact that um, it was believably in his mind written by Marta, and he yeah. believed Marta to be dead at the time. Like he yeah. didn't, and I think even that as well. He's so crabby at the minute because he's realizing that the letter he's held on to all these years was probably written by this Marta and not his Marta. Yeah, I suppose like to to him, maybe she's like kind of a pale imitation of his Marta, and it's this let down, I suppose, um, mm-hmm. that he he doesn't doesn't know how to deal with. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right, so then the next we get Marta coming in to Magnus. Um, now we've talked a little bit about this, but um, I thought it was we'll, we'll sort of move on from this quickly. But the, the, I thought well, I wanted to mention how uh, Stranger let Magnus go and cuddle her and say, you know, oh my god, you're here. Then he's like, this is Nick Marta. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah there's like it's interesting that you you mentioned that actually because i didn't really pick up on that but that is quite a manipulative thing to do to, yeah. to be like go on like embrace your sister who you believe to be dead and they'd be like oh she's not actually your sister so suck it magnus yeah um and and, yeah. and francisca is quite like formidable here as well like she's very like accusatory towards her um in a way that she wasn't really or wasn't as much before yeah yeah uh definitely an interesting dynamic going on in the 1880s which yeah. uh looking forward to seeing more of uh so now there's a uh, i suppose you could call it a reveal at the end of season um at the end of season two katarina was in in the tunnel with all the little lights going around and we finally get um confirmation now where she ended up she ended up in her own world in the 80s mm. there's what do you think of that I have got a lot to say about Katarina in this episode. I think there's some really, really interesting stuff that goes on both with her character and with the potential things that her character might do in the future. Um, I think it makes sense that she went back to the 80s. I think that was always going to be where she went because she's looking for Mikkel. I think the the thing that really stood out to me in this um, is that, or or rather, this, this scene... Um, begs the question why is she staying here I guess the obvious answer to that is that she wants to be where Mikkel lives for when he comes back yeah. um, but um, in my in my head I guess I can imagine her coming to the Carnvalds initially to be like where's my son but then for her to stay there it, it speaks of a certain vulnerability in her character that she's not really thinking things through because you know yeah. Venus and Mikkel came back and she's just broken into their house and is sleeping in there like that's a crime like she could be arrested for doing that but um she's yeah she's not think she's not thinking that clearly which does come back i think repeatedly throughout this episode that she's she's kind of out of her depth as well yeah yeah i would agree with you um so yep so both katarina's living in this house in both worlds uh as well yes that's a good point yeah um yeah that is interesting very different uh, reasons obviously yeah yeah (laughs) slightly different circumstances um and a welcome return of uh, you spin me right round here as well which is lovely haven't had that there was a few there was a few great great tunes a few great tunes in this this episode yeah young katarina has a good taste of music she does yeah yeah it's a shame her mum doesn't agree with it (laughs) so we're gonna say for now yeah all right okay so next we get uh the scene of mads nielsen little madsy nielsen I'm going to call him that forever now. I love that I picked up on that. But so Mads Nielsen is uh, having a sort of a remembrance, sort of a, a service anyway. They've buried his, they've buried nothing. They've sort of made a little grave, little marker. And there's a there's a, there's a sort of a, a service going on. I wouldn't even, it's not really even a funeral, kind of a funeral. But, yeah, it's uh, like a remembrance service. Or and then, yeah, so Yana basically confronts Tronta in front of everyone mm. and says like, you know, if you looked for our son, any, the same amount you looked for Claudia, then you would uh, you would have found him by now. Yeah, I, and it's. I think it's quite a, it's quite a realistic depiction of grief um, and the the bitterness she feels. I think it's really interesting that when she upends his bag to reveal all of the like newspaper clippings um, about Claud- Claudia, it seems like it's almost exclusively stuff talking about her disappearance rather than um, you know emotional items or or anything that would imply yeah. a romantic connection i i do think they have i think it's obvious they have had a romantic connection in the past but the fact that he now appears to be looking for her 
makes me think that even at this stage Tronta was aware of the time travel stuff in some way maybe maybe in a like a kind of broad way but I think he knows it's not just a case of I love this woman and she's disappeared to me it's it's more something was going on here it's a a case to be solved yeah yeah Yeah, I can definitely see that him him sort of definitely definitely thinking there's something up here um I don't think I think he would think that there was no way she would she would have left Regina uh, for certain. Yeah. Um. I just want to say, uh, I did a dark discussions episode this week all about Ulrich and uh, talking about the thing he did in season one. You know, uh, yeah. Helga Helga getting hit in the head with a rock. Um. Now the comments seem to be mostly on the side of, you don't know unless you're in the position. Slash, you know, he was trying to save his son. You know, at the same time, I gave my thoughts on that video. So go and have watch that video if you want to see my thoughts. But I will just say, is there any argument that Ulrich is a good guy after you realize he didn't go to his own brother's memorial service? Yeah, he was busy. He was he was off doing something with Katarina, probably, in the he woods. Was, he, was, he, was, he was just at school. Yeah, I guess yeah, Take he was. Take the day off, school, Ulrich. Yeah, you can have the day the off day for that. Off. Good lord. That know, is, like the, the, yeah, that is odd. Absolute slave drivers. Like, what? The, they've, got, they've got them in on a Sunday in school. <laughs> yeah. They're not letting them off for their son's memorial, their, their brother's memorial service. Yeah. Jeez, what, are, what, what are they running over it's there? It's outrageous. It's outrageous. It's, yeah, well, I mean. Germany, yeah, have a word with yourself, will you? Yeah. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> All right, okay. So next up we get, uh, the, so we're talking about Claudia and then we're sh- in true dark fashion or in true editing fashion, we get Claudia then. So they show yeah. us Claudia. She's in the future. She's caring for Regina in uh, in a room with a red light on, which uh, always sticks in my mind. Uh, yeah, she's you know. like a little a little baby bird under that um, under yeah, that heated like bulb heat lamp. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, not very great situation they're living in here. No. I didn't really clock. Are they living? I think they're living in the police station. Is yeah, that true? they are living in the police yeah. station. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure why, except maybe it's more secure. Maybe there's uh, well, we see her with guns, so I get like she has bullets. So I Fair guess the implication is maybe they got the guns from the police station. Um, also, there's all like the recording equipment for the yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, so and presumably there's lots of like heavy lockable doors as well. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I enjoy. They don't really do this that often in dark. But there's like a lot of expository dialogue over the radio, kind of explaining what's wrong. But I think I think the the general translation is that yeah, shit's fucked up. <laughs> like, yeah. Everything everything's gone wrong. Um, well, the apocalypse did just happen. Like yeah, yeah, it did. You know? Well, and will continue to happen by the looks of things because throughout this episode, I mean, Vinden doesn't look great, and the report on the radio makes it sound like things are bad everywhere, but it's not full-on end-of-the-world stuff quite yet. Yeah. But we're getting okay. there. We're approaching yeah, well, obviously, that obviously, like, uh, civil unrest. Like, they're still in the aftermath. And yeah. But it did seem, it did seem that in the second season, in the future, they're prop- it probably is, like, a hostile atmosphere. Yeah, we haven't um, got, like, gunships roaming the skies and, like, warbands cr- cruising around on APCs looking yeah. for food and fuel. Not just yet. Not just no. yet. We can live, live in hope. Live yeah. In hope. Uh, so it, within the same uh sort of time 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 zone whatever uh they have uh peter and uh, elizabeth uh sort of out looking looking for francisca and charlotte mm. what did you think uh about the decision to have peter and elizabeth staying in <laughs> yeah. caravan listen he knows it well 
He knows it well. He know he knows where he knows where they where they kept the the, the good booze and the food. So <laughs> I need a place that feels like home. Yeah, exactly. Like he's comfortable there, and that's what's important. Yeah, the irony of that was not lost on me, and I want I I hope he didn't explain to Ellie how he knows his way around that caravan. Is um, <laughs> yeah. is all I can hope. Um, Pass me the can opener. Yeah, right. yeah. top shelf. <laughs> <laughs> next to the next to the drawer with all the vibrators in it um <laughs> it's i i like um i like the depiction I, I i might have been in fact i think it probably was like pouring with rain in the uh claudia scene as well but i like yeah, they the, were inside mostly though yeah but I, I like the little nods to acid rain because obviously hannah mentioned it in the 80s like watch out for the acid rain because of chernobyl yeah. and then we see this like torrent of radioactive rain <laughs> like just pouring down on Vinden. it's it's a sort of moment that made me laugh a little bit it's like yeah now you have to worry about it hannah <laughs> this is what acid rain looks like yeah like hannah actually uh escaped back so she doesn't have to worry about yeah, it yeah she but... doesn't she's fine yeah yeah exactly uh okay so we're back in 1880s and uh a little bit more of a curtain is opened up yeah in terms of uh the sort of history of the Sigmundus cult. Uh, so we haven't learned, we, we learn more later in the episode for the full blown sort of how that came about sort of thing. But uh, you meet old Gustav Tarnhaus here. Mm. What do you think of old Gustav? Um, I, I think the fact that he's blind is perhaps a metaphor, despite him saying that he sees more than, than people with eyes. Uh, that's it's just not uh, true. It's just not true, Gustav. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just, it that's literally not how blindness true. works. It yeah. literally isn't true, and it metaphorically isn't true either, Gustav. Um, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, it's, my my read of his position in this is that he's like, yeah, well, I mean, Bartles literally says it later in the episode, that he's like kind of the last bastion of this group of people who are trying to learn how to time travel, basically. And they're they're sort of dying out at the point that like, he's literally the last member, at the point that, that uh, Stranger and the gang turn up yeah. um, and kind of re-revitalize Sigmundus. Um, but it's still... The present... I was surprised by that, to be honest, because, I mean, the presentation of the Sigmundus like, underground lodge makes yeah. it look really old like not not two generations old i think he said it like Bartos says that gustav's uh father grandfather. or grandfather maybe founded it and it it looks older than that to me but I've, i mean maybe they're not going to get into it but it's yeah i think it's interesting that there's a blind man who's kind of in charge of things like it's uh perhaps a case of the blind leading the blind here a little bit well there we go um, yeah, so I will just say as well, at this point in the series when I was watching it the first time, now I'm not going to go into whether any more is revealed on this, but uh, that um, Sikamundus photograph with all the characters in it, when I was watching this, my prediction, well, we saw in my in my theories video, my prediction was that that was going to be, the fella in the middle was going to be HG Townhouse. Yeah. When I was watching this, the season three the first time, I took the inclusion of Gustav Townhouse here to mean, because I, I think the way it I think the way the timeline would work would be that this is H.G. Tarnas' grandfather. Yes, I think so. That so right. that's how I think that would work. Um, so I took this to mean that either him or his son was actually going to be the character. Now, I don't, I'm not going to say whether it actually comes to pass, but at this point in the series, I was like, well, I was right that that guy's a Tarnhouse, you know? Yeah, half points. Ha- it's half they points. Look, they do look quite alike, quite alike as well, I think. Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely going for a particular look for that family, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, and then Stranger, before Tunhouse come in, Stranger was actually going to attack Marta. Uh, yeah, he was saying, getting really aggressive. Yeah, he was like saying, like, how did you get here? What device did you use? How did you get here? 
Um, so very aggressive. Um, so we'll see how that plays out in the next yeah. few episodes. Yeah, it doesn't uh, seem great in 1888. Yeah, no, no, definitely not. But anyway, um, so Katharina uh, has been sort of pottering about the school, handing out some uh, some posters. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't really a prediction of you, but it is another thing you got wrong. This is one of the first examples of is one of is it the first I think it is uh, of the two ca- of two of the same character seeing each other. Now, actually, sorry, you which we were talking about just the alt characters, weren't we? Uh, yeah, I think we were. I think we yeah. were. I think we were. Because I think Claudia's so, met Claudia already, which I think was what we. What we yeah, talked sorry. About, yeah, right? I was thinking. I was just. Oh, I was so ready to say you were wrong on something. Yeah. I was so ready. Yeah, leave off, all right. I'll I'll be the I'll be the one. I jumped the gun. I jumped the gun on that. Yeah, Uh, but it was good though. I did like the double Katarinas here. It was um, and and they that you know it's it's similar to sort of Marta and Jonas, I guess. Like they have that kind of look of knowing between them. Um, I I really liked um Ulrich's inverted crucifix necklace in this scene. Like it's really or inverted cross, I should say. We've had this discussion before. There you go. I've learned. Um. And him calling her Typhoid Mary is a really weird insult as well. It's like, <laughs> do you know, do you know what who Typhoid Mary was, Ulrich? Because there's nothing to do with what anything that Katarina is presenting herself as. It's just like eighties reference, eighties reference. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe it was. It, may, um, it must be a movie quote that I've just missed or something. I can't. I can't remember anyone calling anyone Typhoid Mary in any of the like John Hughes films. But it must come from something like that. Thinking about it. But yeah. Yeah. Maybe, but it's a real maybe, person, so maybe, yeah, maybe it was actually a real, like a real thing that they that German teenagers called each other as a maybe, or yeah, maybe they were taught about typhoid Mary and the 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 dangers of asymptomatic typhoid carriers in uh, in German high school in the eighties. Um, oh, but yeah, you never know. Could be, yeah. Um, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's a good scene. This and it's um, it's it's funny that Katarina is handing out missing posters of Mikkel once again, but this time they seem to be missing posters. Now, actually, I, I, I think about this, this wouldn't make sense. I, I interpreted them when she found them in the Carnvold house as missing posters that Enos had printed out because Mikkel had disappeared again. But we actually find out later in the episode that he's in protective custody, so she must have yeah. brought them with her, I guess. Um, well, actually, to... I think Katarina got them printed. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, I was going to say it's funny if she's she's handing out missing posters for Mikkel, but it's someone else's missing posters for Mikkel because he's gone missing again. But that's not actually what's happened here. So, like, I can understand why you thought that because it does say Michael Carnvald on it. Yeah. Um, which, but Katarina is obviously not stupid, so she realised that that's what he will be known as. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then he, he gets a little moment with Hannah as well, where she tells yeah. the 14-year-old Hannah. Bully's a 14-year-old. Yeah. yeah. And this, away, this is another one of those situations. There's a couple of them in this episode. Um, one quite big one that we'll probably discuss um, in a couple of scenes' time, where it does make you wonder whether things would have played out the way they did if this conversation hadn't have happened. You know, like yeah. threatening her and being like, Oi, keep your mitts off Ulrich. It's like, yeah, or but I'm... was there a choice? Did this conversation have to happen? Yeah, true. That's the thing. <laughs> cycles. Anyway, <laughs> cycles. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll not get back into cycles. So, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so in a shot that's very yeah yes no we got we'll, we'll have an extra three hours tonight but uh, basically there's an ex- there's a scene very similar to the scene. Uh, with Claudia in episode three, season one, where Tront is waiting on the black seats in the power plant. Um, now it's Jasmine that comes to see him, who we know that was uh, Claudia's um, Claudia's sort of 
assistant. Uh, but it yeah. seems actually that she has. Well, now this this might be me reading a bit too much into it at the minute, but it seems that she has risen to the leader of the power plant at this point. Although having said that, we maybe just haven't seen the character because they didn't want to introduce a new character. You know. Yeah, I, I got the impression it's more having known a few like kind of office manager PAs in my time. It seems like she's just kind of ticking things over while they're looking to hire a replacement, I guess, because she knows about, you know, how th- how things actually run there. That was that. Yeah. Although I guess she does go into the office later in the episode, so maybe maybe she is maybe she's a an interim, um, like interim in charge of the of the plant. Maybe maybe. Well, you know, we all know that whenever they go down into that cave and see the lovely welding work that Boris has done. Yeah, she's getting the job, hundred percent. Yeah, but I mean, like I think her test would be you need to para, uh, not paraglide, paraglide, abseil down into the uh, paragliding would be a hell of a thing. Abseiling <laughs> down into that cave in high heels, and she's also pregnant as well, so that's going to be doubly hard <laughs> for her. So I wouldn't blame her if she fails that test. So here's a question for you: When you saw that she was pregnant, were you questioning whether or not that baby would be someone important? I think, yeah, in, like in dark, it is. Always worth questioning whenever anyone is pregnant, because yeah. come on, it's coming out yeah. somewhere at some time. It, in this case, perhaps not. We don't know for certain, but it seems unlikely given how this yeah. episode ends. Exactly. Uh, okay, so then we get um, Claudia standing in front on, in the bunker in the, in the future, or well, it's actually not the future, but it's kind of the present day at the end in the show. But it's kind of the post-apocalyptic future still. Um, so mm. she's sitting, uh, she's standing in the bunker, and she's starting to amass the photographs. Like sort yeah. of, uh, she's you know putting them up. Um, luckily, like she's put them in the exact same spot, which is good. And uh, it's it, to me, this was quite strange seeing the wall, sort of without the strings. Like yeah, she hasn't like formed. She hasn't started connecting everything yet. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but it was cool. What did you think that we like? We got to see her doing this. I thought it was cool. I thought m- more interesting actually is the choice to um, cut between her and Peter Doppler standing in the same Mm. position. Um, There's a lot of that in this episode, which to me felt like it implies a relationship at the very least of intent. But for some reason in my head, I was thinking maybe maybe there's like a blood relationship here, Um, which made me start thinking that maybe they're related to each other because there is a lot of cutting between Claudia and Peter doing very similar things um in this episode this one is the most explicit because it's literally a match cut between them um so that that kind of got the old got the old theory wheels turning (laughs) um and then the 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 cut to peter something really stood out to me in the the scene where he's looking at the uh the photos of corpses um in the in the army camp outside the power plant i mean first of all that's a really great way it's used in so many kind of like disaster movies and post-apocalyptic things like a wall of memorials or photographs to kind of show the scale of the disaster you know like we don't see all of them we see a tiny few but there's like hundreds of them so you know we know it's bad um but on the on one of them the first one he looks at you've got Jürgen Obendorf on the right uh Benny Voller in the middle one on the left doesn't have a name and has a scar on its mouth that looks an awful lot like the youngest member of the of the cleanup crew, which seems interesting to me. Yeah, it's um, <clears throat> if, if they, how, how, hmm. we will say for people who don't listen to the listener Q and A, Conrad did confirm in that listener Q and A that he knows that the trio are the same person. Oh yeah, of course I do. Come on, guys. 
he didn't mention it because I didn't, it was so obvious. I, I didn't mention it because it was like, well, they all have the same scar and they all literally match what they're doing with their hands. Like they're pre- they're, they're pretty obviously the same person. But, yeah, I think um, it's a, it's a cleft palate. I think that's what they have. Is it a cleft palate or is it just a scar? And maybe it maybe cle- yeah. But I, th- well, I think I I think I well we as a fandom talk about them having a cleft palate. Okay. I don't know if the I don't know if there is anything official that literally says those words, but. Uh, Maybe we could check that uh, that dark Netflix.io. Maybe it'll say on there. But yeah. anyway, but um, but yeah. So that the one on the left looks very much like the youngest member of of that trio, which makes me think that maybe they are from an alternate timeline because the youngest one is dead here, um, and maybe their purpose is to I don't know like exact revenge on this timeline for allowing them to die so young in in this one um but yeah the, the lack of a name under that photo and the fact it's so prominently featured on screen makes it feel important to me particularly next to benny and jürgen where it's like well, who, who the hell cares about those characters <laughs> um well, what do you think then are you saying that they're from the alternate world we've met or they're from a different world um I think it's probably... I think you originally thought that they were going to be like sort of they're going to, your original theory was that they're part of Sigmundus sort of Sigmundus's cleanup crew so therefore that would imply they're from our world like Adam's world. But are you yeah. saying that you think they might be from the other world now? Well, yeah, I mean I I wonder if Sigmundus kind of stretches across across worlds. Um mm. because if if that is right, I don't see how they can be from this world if the youngest one died here. Um so yeah, I, I guess that I think they're probably from the alternate world we've seen at this point. I'd be really surprised if they get into more alternate worlds, just because I don't know how the hell they're going to show that in the six episodes of television they have remaining. But um, yeah, <sighs> well, we never know with this show. No, that's that's true. <laughs> right. Okay. So uh, next up, Katarina goes to the police station, which we've talked about. Um, if she finds out about being protective custody, um, also she goes to question uh the police officer now this is actually the same police officer that came in to sort of take over egon uh yeah. back in back in the uh second season yeah and uh he ba- he was basically saying can't tell you anything but then he said something at the end whenever she was she was asking about ulrich uh trying to she didn't know it was ulrich yet but she was trying to find out but then she uh, before he left he said if you come back again i'll put you in protective custody yeah, I thought that's a strange uh, threat. Yeah, do you mean arrest? Does he just mean, that's what you yeah, actually. He, he just means arrest her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like what? What? Protective custody? Yeah, I'll change your name, move you town to keep you safe. Yeah, you listen, he's again. a police officer, not an actor. All right, he's not good at doing one-liners <laughs> and 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 zingers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's well. That's 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 what I was thinking. Though it's a bit strange. Yeah. Um. All right, Tronta, Regina, car, dog, go. Yeah. So. There are oh, okay. I've got some theories, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, about that's this. why that's what, why I introduced like that because I thought you might. What one of them I think is pretty much confirmed by the end of this episode. I put it in the matrix because I thought of it before the episode told it to me. But I'm still, I'm still, hot, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll walk, walk everyone through it. It doesn't quite come okay. up in this scene, but I'm prepping it here. So, um, we know that the relation. This, this is another one of those. Um, kind of uh, these scenes where the cutting between characters feels interesting to me there's a there's a lot of like stuff between peter and ellie and then tronta claudia and regina in various different ways throughout this episode which is part of what made me start thinking oh maybe all these characters are related to each other which is going to come up here again um so that we know that the relationship between tronta and claudia is most likely sexual 
Um, they they've you know been shown sort of holding hands. I think they might have even kissed each other on the cheek in the first season when they meet at the power plant. I can't remember, yeah. but well, he was I think fiddling it, with her hand. Yeah, yeah. I think it's definitely implied that there's a mm-hmm. there's a sexual relationship there. Um, and also, like you know, he did show her, you know, when they were kids. You know, that's true. Yeah, that's true. So it's, they've been going at it for a long time. Yeah. Um, so I think the fact that in this car journey. Tronta and Regina's conversation largely uh, focuses around Claudia's disappearance is maybe the writing trying to cover up for the fact um, that there is a relationship between Tronta and Regina, which I feel like by the end of this relationship is all is all but confirmed, really. Um, and you can kind of tell in, in uh, I've forgotten the actress who plays Regina's name now, which is bad of me, but her the way she kind of um, conveys like a nervousness when she's around um, Tronta and the way that he kind of offers to help her but doesn't really know what to do makes me feel fairly confident that he's actually her father. Um, and that makes this episode all the more heartbreaking, but like they're kind of dropping these hints in that this might be the case with how, with how this relationship, um, with how this relationship ends. And it also makes it quite interesting. I think when we look at the relationship between Yana and Tronta, because from what we've seen of them, they don't really seem to have much of a relationship at all. Like they don't actually seem to like each other that much. Yeah. Um, especially when compared to Claudia and Tronta. And we, we know that Claudia and Tronta's relationship preceded Yana and Tronta's because, as you say, they've been showing their genitals to each other since they were like 15 years old. It's yeah. a, t- a tale as old as time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's very mature of me. I apologize. Um, but so this wasn't like, oh, their relationship, uh, that Yana and Tronta's relationship, that is, it lost its luster and he found another woman or something. This is it seems odd that he would choose Yana when Claudia is right there, which makes me think that maybe, maybe he was told at some point that he could no longer be romantically involved with Claudia, um, Mm. possibly by a traveler or, um, or something, something along those lines. Interesting. I like that idea. Um, so yeah. So at some point in his life, either, you know, at some point, if, if your theory was to be believed at some point after Regina was born, or after in, in, uh, I was going to say Sabrina, Sabrina, or <laughs> Clarissa. Nah, 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 nah. Anyway, um, so basically, after she was conceived, someone came to him and said, "See that woman? Don't go near her again." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I wonder if it was old Claudia actually. Like she, she was just like, "Listen, I know how this works out. Stay away from me, all right?" That would actually have a lot of symbolism in it because we know that she said to Agnes, "My mother will make you very happy if you let her." Uh, so she's sort of, you know, trying to get the relationship going in one way and then yeah. stopping it in another. But I think I think it would just be, it would be very sort of poetically tragic to have Tronta as this character who is told he can't be with the woman he loves and has to try and make something out of this kind of fake relationship with Yana. And then by the end of this episode, he's told to do something way worse and i also suspect he was told to do that by the woman he loves and it's this 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 character who is subjected to this sequence of things he has to do despite we're not wanting to and mm-hmm. you know deal with the repercussions of having done them yeah it's really interesting i also think there's a really cool um parallel slash perpendicular uh between <laughs> uh tronta and ulrich because mm. like they're both obviously cheating cretins uh, so they both like you know, the, the, the Nielsen's love to play away from home, so to speak. But yeah. uh, all except Magnus, you know, um, and, and and Michael, obviously. But anyway. Oh, he would have um, got the chance. I know the look. 
Oh yeah, oh yeah, he would. If he, if he didn't have his issues in his own, in his brain, he he would have definitely. But yeah. uh, basically, the perpendicular that was the parallel. The perpendicular I'm talking about, and I am I am continuing this uh, <laughs> is uh, is the fact that Tronta genuinely loves Claudia and he wants to mm. find her and he wants her back. Whereas Ulrich, his other woman, literally, I don't think he would care if she died. So no, the only time he cared about her was when she maybe was going to come and save him in the fifties. Yeah, exactly. So that's a really interesting thing. Are, are we saying that maybe Tronter is a more loving person than Ulrich? Well, I, I think, in a way, oh, I, I think yeah. No, I, I mean, I think he's actually more, much more faithful than Ulrich because I don't think he's ever betrayed the fact that he loves Claudia. I think he has married Yana for maybe because he was told to do so, or he was told he couldn't be with Claudia. And obviously that's not great to marry someone and then like who you don't love and know that you're going to be unfaithful to them or or either physically or emotionally or whatever. Um, but I think his betrayal is a lot more honest than Ulrich's, whereas Ulrich's is just like, I don't know, I, I want to sleep with other women, I guess. There was, yeah, there was literally no reason. <laughs> yeah. I, like it's, I was trying to come up with a reason for my Dark Discussion video. Like, what is the reason? No, I, I think like, I, and I think <clears throat> Ulrich is quite a. Um, he's quite. He's sort of like chaos manifested in a way as a character. Like he, in a show where lots of characters act, acts are kind of like predetermined. I think he just does things because he wants to do them, and he doesn't have a good reason for pretty much any of them, with the exception of trying to kill Helga, I guess. Well, that's the thing. Did I th- was it Adam who said it? Uh, we're not free in what we do because we're not yeah. free in what we want. Yeah. yeah. So. There we go. Well, let him off the hook then. Let him oh. out. Let him out of that mental institution. He did, he did, it wasn't his fault. Right, okay. Next up, uh, Claudia is recording the message that we heard at the very beginning of season two. Yeah. Um, were you surprised to see her recording it this early? Uh, or did you see that thing? Uh, yeah, I'm just interested to hear your thoughts on this. I Yeah, I, I suppose I, I wasn't really... I wasn't sure when she would do it, to be honest. I, I knew from the voice that it was a middle-ish Claudia. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this is almost straight after the apocalypse, really. So three months, she, yeah, three yeah. Months. Well, yeah. I mean, relatively speaking. So like, yeah. she's kind of she's not wasting any time in getting her thoughts down. Um, but we haven't seen her directed to do this, so I guess it's just her being her typical self and kind of figuring things out and you know acting on her own initiative to to put things in place for other people to like Jonas to receive this information when they need it. Yeah, like I, I would imagine that whenever Jonas in se- at the end of season two, when he took Claudia to 2019 or 2020, sorry, it was just to save Regina. Like I would imagine that's what it was for. I don't think Jonas said, hey, "You need to go and do this. You need to go and do this. Yeah. You need," to, you know. I think it was just very much save Regina. Maybe he gave a little bit of stuff, but I don't. Yeah, as you say, I think she's just doing this because she wants to find a way to. <laughs> fix like, I need things. an itemized list of everything that went on in that power plant. You need to record it all on Betamax. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll come and check. I'll check it out whenever I'm younger and yeah. it's 33 years in the future. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, okay. So uh, we move on then to uh, a really I don't know. I was going to call it creepy, but it's I don't know how you how, how you read it. It's the scene in uh, the Carnvold house yeah. where Peter's going upstairs, Elizabeth is downstairs, and then Noah comes in and they have a little bit of a back and forth. Oh that, no, there's a there's a free song between them. There's a chem- instant chemistry between them, which is less creepy now because do you say there was only a year between the seasons two and three? Yeah, because I feel like um, what's her name? I wrote it down. Carlotta von Falkenhayn, yeah. like the the actress who plays Ellie. She seems. I mean, obviously it's 
probably puberty, but she seems like she's aged about five years in the space of like a year. Like she looks like a young woman now, whereas, you know, she looked like a little girl in, in the previous season. Um, and that helps make this feel less creepy because uh, Noah is clearly quite a few years older than her. Yeah, and he knows, like, you know, the time, the, the, the clock is just ticking now. He, he knows, like, well, you know, she might be a bit young now, but we're here for 33 years or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> might, as well, like. might as well get comfortable. Um, but, uh, look, speaking as a teacher of teenage boys, um, sometimes you go off in June at the end of the year, come back in September, and they look like they've aged three years. Like, yeah. it, it happens that quickly. Just you know? full beard. Yeah, no, and, and he, he um, yeah, I mean, she she's sprouted up. And um, Noah's performance here is really good. In fact, both of them are really good here. I think I, I, I wrote down his name as well because I haven't really mentioned it before, but he's got a great surname. It's uh, Max Schimmelfennig, which I know Fennig is Penny, so I'm not sure what Schimmel means, Ooh, but it's something Is that going to come into the Penny uh, theories, maybe? Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe. <laughs> How deep does this go? Um but yeah, they're both great here. There's a there's a good chemistry between them, and then Peter running down like to like uh, play uh, the kind of overprotective father is um it's quite sweet actually he's he's very his relationship with ellie is is quite nice to keep returning back to because it's quite a pure relationship um although the revelation and it it is canon in this show in my mind now that they that they make marmalade together oh 100 percent yeah, they're still ma- they're making it in Benny's trailer. They t- they've dumped yeah. out they've dumped out one of the jars of lube that Benny has, and they're using that to, <laughs> to make using that to make marmalade. Yeah, premium marmalade. <laughs> uh. Uh, but yeah, the the real uh, the revelation that Peter's going to be killed is quite sad as well. And and that's mm. the other one I was th- uh, thinking about when talking about moments where I wonder if it would happen if he hadn't told him that it was going to happen, or whether it's all just predestined to to happen yeah. in this way exactly like it's it's you know what it's like it's 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 like a like a magician setting the cards in a deck where they need to be yeah and then when the trick happens you know people will be surprised but they shouldn't really have been <laughs> yeah yeah you know. like um, you're surprised would... by peter dying in like two episodes time <laughs> i've got bad news for you folks <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh, i will say as well that the the fact that now this young noah has sort of he's inherited the the, the older version of himself's mm. uh, stinger you know, like uh, whatever it is. So that wasn't a good impression of it. But uh, but he, <laughs> but he is he's in, he's inherited the score, and mm. it really doesn't feel out of place on him. No, like he has no. the same energy to me. Yeah, the, uh, like he's he's very good. Like I do miss Mark Vashke. I I really hope we see him once um, this season. Although I'm I'm not that hopeful for it. Um, but. Uh, Max uh, Schimmelfennig is is very very good. Like he's he's filling the boots comfortably, which is a is a big a big compliment because those are pretty damn big boots to fill. That's one of the best characters in the whole show that he's re- yeah. effectively replacing there. And yeah, the the the, the stinger suits him uh, down to the ground. Yeah, it's great. Um, so Bartos comes in and confirms one of my Back to the Future three theories. <laughs> which one was uh, that? Well, the one where like, they're like, I think you had the same theory, uh, you know, parallel thinking there. Uh, it was the idea that he came, you know, that they, they accidentally got zapped there because like in, in at the end of that Back to the Future 2, uh, the DeLorean gets hit by a lightning bolt and they get, he accidentally gets zapped to 1885. Oh yeah, that's right. So, yeah. so like this, that's exactly what happened here. Like that when like the stranger didn't intend to go here. Um, and, but now that they are here accidentally, 
they now have no fuel, which is literally the storyline of Back to the Future 3. So. Yeah, yeah, it is very similar. Um, it is very similar to that. And there's a great line um, in this in this exchange, actually, uh, where it's very dry humour from Bartos, where he says, like, it's not that easy to get nuclear fuel from the future in 1888. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> yeah. Like, like, yeah, no shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's, yeah, but Bartos is quite funny in this episode. I have to give it to him. And yeah, you're absolutely right. This is This is a Back to the Future plot. Um, I don't think this one's going to end quite as triumphantly as Back to the Future 3 does in my memory. Hopefully. Maybe there'll be a gunfight. You know, we haven't had any ravines named after certain characters that could change. You know, Clayton Clayton Ravine changed to Eastwood Ravine. But if this show is to be believed so far, so things wouldn't change, so... Well, I mean, they have like we we kind of finding out they have already in this episode, aren't we? Because Stranger's confirmed that it, that the master stuff never happened on. to him. There's yeah, there's something going on definitely. Like Stranger so, yeah. has said it a couple of times now, so we have to believe him. He never went through what young Jonas, what we're watching, yeah. went through. Which I mean, it either uh, the, perhaps that's why he's so aggressive towards her actually on reflection because mm-hmm. basically he everything he has done to try and change it has failed, and yet in in strolls this. Alt Marto is like, oh yeah, I met Jonas. It never happened to you. I'm changing things, you know, all the time. Don't worry about it. And he immediately just thinks she's lying. Uh, I yeah. guess, um, which totally makes sense. Um, but yeah, um, there, there's a there's a good. I don't know if you want to talk about it now, but the the, the sort of Tanhouse uh, monologue at the end of this scene is yeah, quite interesting. I thought. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, I mean, it, it just kind of him talking about taking away all the pain and all the uh, all the disasters and and you know creating this perfect world. I think once again, it's been a while since we've had this from Adam because obviously we haven't seen Adam for a little while. Um, but it reveals the sort of hubris at the core of Sigmundus's belief system. I think that that they alone have the means to sort of manipulate time and change all of these things, and yeah. that they are like of the right moral fiber to shoulder that responsibility and not be corrupted by it or abuse it. Um, which I think is just patently untrue of pretty much all humans. I think that's too much power for any one person to have because you will you will just be corrupted by it ultimately uh, as you pursue selfish ends, even if you pursue them for you know. Uh, philanthropic goals um yeah. and i think i think that's um that's why the show is ultimately positioning them as as the antagonists uh if not outright villains because they are these 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 people who are like clouded by this this the potential this power offers them and and don't realize how how dangerous what their uh, how, how how dangerous their ideas actually are yeah and like it sort of goes along with that a little bit uh when you said that is that gustav tarnhaus He's the last member of the uh, secret society of Sigmundus. So it would make you believe that he's pushed everyone else away. Now, I don't think, I don't think it's that they're all dead. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. But I, I think it's that, it's that he... One thing is they, they probably weren't successful. That's one thing. The second thing would be is that I think that the way he's talking, it seems very absolute, you know. Mm. And only a Sith deals in absolute. So yeah. I would say, you know, he's pushing people away. But now Stranger sort of, he's, he's got a, a partner in Stranger now who needs this to work. Yeah. Um, even if he wants to accomplish, even if he wants to not be Adam, he needs it to work. Yeah, like he's got it's, someone now who's as desperate as he is, basically. Yeah, it's ironic actually, because if Stranger just stopped and think, thought for a minute, it's, it, it, he would have been like, if I just don't make this machine. Yeah. Then that's breaking the cycle. You yeah, know? So, yeah, I can just choose not to do this. Well, I mean, I, I guess 
based on what you find out at the end of this, time will somehow potentially correct that to make sure someone does make that machine. Maybe. But, yeah. but I mean, you are right, though. There's no reason why it has to be him. Like, he, has, yeah. he, he does have the choice not to do it. Exactly. Well, you know, again, it's all, that whole th- again, it's the whole thing of like you know, free. Uh, you're not free. You're not free to choose what you want. Uh, yeah. It's just keeps coming back and back. Uh, okay, so now Katarina goes to the uh, asylum or the sort of it's not really an asylum, but yeah, kind of is. Um, and we see uh, a woman behind the desk who is the same character who was behind the desk in the first uh, time we went here in season two. Yeah, when Egon went there. Um, now, I don't think at that point there was a huge focusing in on the name tag. No, but, no, uh, there wasn't. There is this time. So what do you make of this part? Okay, so I I, ha- I wrote down so much um, on these two scenes. So first, Katerina meeting her mother, and then Katerina meeting Ulrich. So um, I'll try and break this up as much as possible, so you can you can have a go in, okay. in the middle of my monologue. But so first, the uh, first thing I wanted to say about the scene is that, and I don't know how to say her name actually. Is it J- Jordi? Her name is spelled J O R D I. The I S. The the, yeah, the actress Jordi, who plays um, Jordi. 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 We'll say Jordi. Yeah. Jordi. Uh, Trebel. She is so good in this scene. Um, the way she kind of captures so much pain in her performance is is wonderful. And um, I think this is the most vulnerable that we've probably seen, Katarina as as yeah. a character um yeah definitely and she's like this you know like this bullish single-minded woman who's reduced to tears as she's transported back to this abusive relationship with her mother and i feel like there's, there's so much that's gone into transforming her character in this episode so it's not just her performance which is really good but i, I feel like it's supported by things like her costume design in this episode so i, I didn't mention it earlier because i was going to mention it here um but when when she first woke up in the in the uh Carnvald house i i made a joke uh while i was watching it about her jumper being like a oh, nice jumper katarina but on reflection from this scene you know she's wearing this kind of like oversized coat which makes her look childish and then she's got a jumper which would be more suited to a teenager mm-hmm. and and it's the show visually supporting that theme of katarina being broken down to her childlike state basically in front of her mother yeah, um, which i think is ju- is just fantastic in terms of a commitment to to developing that side of her character and showing that vulnerability yeah no i think i think you're dead on there 100 percent. i definitely i'm not gonna say i i was thinking in terms of the costume there usually i don't have to do that in my uh my household Ema does that for me <laughs> but uh basically like that i got that feeling from her too is that anytime she's around her mother or even just transported back to this time she is childlike because this is this is basically you know, Katarina has done a really good job in her life. If you think about it, like the, the household she came from, she we know we've had a few examples now of her mom being physically aggressive towards her, yeah. beating her. Um, so that is that's got to carry trauma with it. Yeah, and it seems that Katarina was doing such a good job of living her life, getting over this trauma, sort of living with it. I would say you don't never fully get over it, but then her son goes missing. And it spirals her down this rabbit hole till yeah. eventually she's back in the same place she was at the same time when she was a teenager, having this abuse done to her. And I think that she's just a broken woman by this point. Yeah, no, I I, I agree um, completely. I think, and it's, I think, so I've got a theory coming out mm-hmm. of just this short scene. Um, and it's not really okay. based on anything apart from a feeling, really. Um, but it's about, it's to do with the St. Christopher pendant. Um, oh, okay that we see on her mum, which I, I found it quite interesting because Katarina recognising it um, 
and the fact that we know that this pendant or one very much like it will come into Marta's possession, it implies a closeness with her mother, perhaps that isn't immediately obvious, you know, like the fact that there's that connection between them. It's like, would you be that emotionally connected to something that to or to, to something owned by someone who was emotionally abusive or physically abusive towards you? Like maybe, but mm. it seems unlikely. Um, but the fact that that Marta like knows about this saint and identifies them when the, when she finds the pendant with Jonas by the lake uh, implies that Katarina also spoke to her about about that in some detail. Um, but and I, I think the thing that that really stands out to me about that is that this is the the third time, third time, maybe even the fourth or fifth time that this uh, this pendant has come up, and it makes me think that the that Marta and Jonas finding at the lake can't be by chance um uh, there's a significance of this pendant to the nielsen family Mm. that makes me think maybe katarina will leave this for marta to find at the lake in in maybe some kind of final acts uh in the well i guess she went through the caves so she could technically come back but something about about the the way her character is being positioned at the moment she needs some kind of of I guess, kind of conclusion to her arc. And we know yeah. that she's someone who really cares about her children. So I could see her doing something like leaving the pendant at um, at the lakeside and then maybe becoming the drowned woman in the lake. Now, I don't know if she's actually going to literally be drowned in the lake or not, but that link between is, the... Are you, are you insinuating that she'll commit suicide? I don't know if it will be suicide, but I I feel like the the fact that the St. Christopher pendant is at the lake, the fact it's clearly important to Katarina and significant enough for Marta to recognise it, and the fact that we know that there's this story of a drowned woman in the lake makes me think it's more likely that that drowned woman, who whatever that sto- whatever the truth behind that story ends up being, it's more likely that that will be Katarina than what I originally guessed at with it being Agnes. As to how she'll get there, it could be it could be suicide. It could be. I don't know if there's anyone who'd really who'd really murder her. It could be, you know, something to do with her and Ulrich trying to escape and getting into an accident or something like that. I'm not not certain as to the as to the how. How's she gonna get? How's she gonna get the medal from her mum? That's a good point. It's funny that you went to Katarina is the one who's gonna do that, rather than actually her mum is the one that, you know, she doesn't. I, I, not, I don't. I'm, see not, I'm mom... not saying her mom would leave it for Marta, but I'm. But I'm saying, yeah, her, her mother is the person who ends up in that way. I, I um, know. I know what you mean. I, I feel like if they were gonna do that, they'd have spent more time establishing her mother as a character that had some kind of connection to Marta. I mean, they, they could still do it. The writing of the show is good enough that they could fill in those blanks in a couple of episodes to get us to the point where we'd be ready to accept that. But mm-hmm. I feel like Katarina's driving force throughout this entire. Uh, show has been like or, or in fact her one redeeming quality in fact as well as the thing that drives her is that she loves her children unequivocally like she's not always maybe the best parent because she focused too much on Mikkel's disappearance and kind of ignored her other children yeah but i could see her in a sort of final acts trying to do something to help or save uh Marta or leave him leave something for Marta before before dying or or whatever is going to happen to yeah, her like her last act is for her children yeah. yeah yeah so that's that's kind of where i was by the end of the 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 very brief scene with her mother so i, I went down i wrote basically a small essay on on that scene yeah well that's that's brilliant that's brilliant um 
Okay, so well, what about the actual scene where she goes up and sees Ulrich then? So, so this was probably the best, probably the best scene of the episode. I think like uh, Katarina got all the good ones. I think yeah. in, in in this episode. Um, so uh, I'm sure you you've noticed this before, but shots of like hands are quite common in dark, uh, particularly yeah. with Ulrich because his are often have covered in blood Bloody or dirt yeah, yeah. <laughs> because of the stuff he gets up to. Um, so for me, the, the the top down shots of Katarina's hands reaching out to his sort of gnarled old hands across the chessboard carry some really beautifully symbolic weight. Um, sort of these two people reaching out for one another across time and space and like the games that people are playing with those with those powers, mm-hmm. um, because they're united ultimately by the fact that even though their relationship has gone terribly wrong, they do still love one another um and i think that there's a very very short uh sort of piano motif that plays as they as they hold hands uh and sort of briefly share this moment and it's really beautiful and it's just it it really tugs at the heartstrings i think you don't don't often hear little moments of just isolated piano like that but it comes through here and it, it really really got to me yeah that's lovely um what do you think is there anything to read into the idea that the black pieces were on Ulrich's side and the white pieces were on Katarina's <laughs> I side i didn't i didn't notice that actually but yeah sure Katarina's the good guy Ulrich's the bad guy <laughs> yeah like the way they're going about getting their son back maybe um yeah i yeah. mean that's that is a good point they're probably i'm sure is. on set that day they were like which way should we have the pieces to face like i'm sure little little decisions like that happen having yeah, said that yeah. do it do we read into it in terms of the writing of the show no but i'm sure on the set that day they were like have the black ones face Ulrich. Yeah. yeah yeah he's probably the more evil of the of, <laughs> yeah. the of the two if we're gonna pick one um yeah i mean maybe maybe it was planned i there's there's such craft to the way that so many episodes that we've seen are, are created that it wouldn't surprise me at all if they had that all planned out as well. But as you say, it could also just be, oh, we need to face the chessboard one way. Well, obviously, Ulrich gets the black side because he's the bad guy. Exactly. And that's that's if I was a set decorator or if I was a director um, and I was set, I was like, like, you know, setting that scene up. There's no way that a human being wouldn't think in their mind, especially human beings of this, this particular in detail, plus this creative wouldn't think free for a second which way should we put it you know yeah. of course of course they would in that split second even you know what i mean yeah no definitely yeah uh all right so um jasmine has a few visitors yep cuc's come to see <laughs> C-U-C, her see they're back don't call it a comeback they've been here for years um <laughs> Yeah, murdering murdering a pregnant woman is pretty bad as murders go, <laughs> I would say. If we didn't if we didn't think that these guys were bad guys before now, I feel like this is the this is the moment where it's like, all right, villains. <laughs> I've got it yeah. now. I'm on I'm on board with them. Um also I just want to say something about this scene is that um the fandom sort of believe not everyone, obviously, the fandom you can't everyone's individual, but but a lot of people in my comments in the past have questioned why they did this or why they needed to do this um as if they they went to the power plant to do this my read of this scene has always been if she didn't go in that door she would still be alive that's always been my read and maybe they knew she was going to come in but i don't think that their mission was to kill her you I, know what i mean i i'm i half agree with you i think they would have still killed her just because however minor it is she's still a little bit of a loose end like she she knows a tiny bit but i agree with you that i don't think they're there for her i think they're there 
to get rid of all the research Claudia was doing and and make sure that no one can follow in her steps to compromise what Sigmundus is trying to do. Um, I think they probably would have still come for her because, I mean, does she really know less than Burnt? I don't know. I feel like I feel like uh, Burnt probably does know a bit more than her, actually, but. But yeah, I mean, it's just these guys are just very clearly enacting a scorched earth policy. Just anything that could potentially help anyone burn it all down. Yeah. um, Guys, we've only got six episodes to go. I'm going to give Conrad a little bone here. All right. Is that all right, Conrad? Go on. I'm I'm always happy for a a bone. (laughs) Do you not notice what uh, the middle uh, unknown guy was holding when she walked in? Oh, what like the folder with the weird numbers in it that Claudia was talking to Burn that was referencing for Burn. Yep. That weird sign again though. When it comes to science, could that, in the may, show, may, just like, may, could, could that not maybe be what they were there for though? That that had the description of uh, the God particle in it. Yeah. No, I think that is what they were there for. But I mean, I'm assuming there's probably other stuff in there as well that they're just get rid of all of this. Um, I, I, mm, I. So, what are you implying that they're trying to do something beyond just destroying stuff? Well, I think, why else would they want that folder, you know? Like, when I saw him holding that folder, I was like, oh, they're going to get that. They, they want information about the God Particle. They, they, like, they're, they're amassing information as well. That was what I thought. Yeah, when I mean, I, 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 when I, can... I saw that. But why would they burn the Sigmundus room, then? That's kind of, like, the fact that they burned that room <clears throat> makes me think that they're going to do the same thing to everything else they come across, and they're just trying to stop anyone from following in Sigmundus' footsteps. This is really off the deep end, but maybe they burnt the room... Because they knew that, like, ten years after that, or two years after they burnt the room, you know, there was going to be some like, you know, teenagers going down, tagging it. You know, they go, oh, yeah. they find their That's way no down. Good. They get down there, and they had to burn the room so that the teenagers wouldn't find out what time travel is. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess they maybe they're maybe they're not just burning everything down, um, and they do actually want something. They, I think, I guess, my interpretation of their characters is that they are a destructive force rather than mm-hmm. people who are able to oh, build think, yeah. anything um so i'd be surprised if they you know do anything other than maybe travel uh or use the god particle to travel or something like that um but but yeah i think that is that folder is definitely what they were there for uh, but i kind of assumed that they would maybe they'll keep it i kind of assumed they were going to burn everything yeah well that's that that fits with what they've done so far so yeah <clears throat> yeah uh okay so uh Trumta and yana then have a very heartfelt uh conversation the party's gone. Well, I shouldn't say party. <laughs> yeah, <right>? not much <laughs> for a party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why Auric didn't want to be there. But um, so basically, Tronta, I think, what? how did you read the scene in terms of their relationship, these two? Because Tronta was talking about Regina, and it didn't seem like Yana really liked that. Um, no, no. It, what, what did you take from this? It, uh, Yana's very combative in the way she talks about it, which I guess is realistic when a, 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 a wife who has been cheated on is talking about uh the the other person in the affair she's sort of saying yeah. you have to decide for us or against us which is just a it might maybe it's a translation issue maybe it's just the choice of words but that feels strangely phrased um mm-hmm. and uh, for you know what they're actually talking about um but i think the implication here that this is the scene where i was basically like oh, okay Chancellor is I'm almost certain he is Regina's dad then with like how um Yana was saying, Oh, they never found out who the father was and everything like that. It's like, okay, that feels like we're ninety percent of the way towards that theory being confirmed. Um But it's 
his recommitment to her when he's like, oh, I do need to decide, and then he rubs her hand, makes it makes me kind of almost more, more convinced of my theory that he's been instructed to, to be with her or instructed not to be with Claudia because it seems like the behaviour of someone who is fundamentally trying to be a good person. He doesn't want to cheat on his wife, but you know he, he was in love with Claudia and he can't just forget those feelings. And he's almost like reluctantly saying like, no, okay, I will be a good husband to you because I don't have any other choice here. My The, the woman I love has disappeared and I, I, I have to make the most of this. So he's kind of, he he is committing to her, but it seems like he's doing so reluctantly. Okay, all right. We'll, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Uh, yeah, all right. You've already thrown some big ideas out this uh, episode, oh. which I just really can't wait to feature. I got some, some biggies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to see you see them confirmed or not. We'll say. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, then we get the scene you were referencing earlier in terms of Tronta, mm. old Tronta this time. Took a break from Trimmins and Bush to. Yeah, kill kill some Regine. Yep, I this caught me off guard. To be honest, I I thought he I thought he went down with the bushes in twenty twenty twenty. But here he is, down with the bushes. Come on, yeah. you went out of the gutter, guys. Yeah, I listen. That's in your mind. I wasn't doing that. You were doing that, listener. No, I wasn't doing that. No, I was talking to the listeners. You, we're, oh, we're, oh, we're, yeah, our yeah. hands, our hands. I are definitely clean. wasn't doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so the cut to him in 2020 did, did surprise me. I, I didn't think he was going to be around. Um, but we get a nice bit of visual mirroring in this scene, him him sort of touching Regina's hand like he was touching uh, Yana's. Um, mm-hmm. Just all these kind of like little little nods within scenes that kind of reflect one another is what's making me draw these conclusions about family relationships like Peter with Claudia and and uh, Tronta being Regina's, um, Regina's father. Yeah. And... This scene is heartbreaking, especially if what I believe to be true does end up being true, because I think Tronta is ultimately killing Regina here to save her. I think we've heard Claudia before when she's talked to her younger self say, oh, Regina will live. And it was never really that clear what she was talking about. I think at the time I probably assumed it was going to be the cancer that would kill her. But here, Tronta says that he's been instructed to do this. And it's, it, I, in my mind, it must have been older Claudia who told him to do this. I can't believe it would be anyone else. So Why do you think she did that? Because she needs her younger self to leave Regina and go off and start trying to fix stuff, I, I would assume. Like okay. she, can't, she can't be tied down caring for a sick daughter when there's worlds to be saved, I think. And Is that a theory? Yeah, 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 that's in there. But it's okay. uh, if that is true, that is so heartbreaking for Tronta to have to actually kill his own daughter because he knows that doing so will ultimately save her. But to do that all on faith, um, it makes him yeah. one of one of the saddest characters in the whole show, I think. Yeah, and to be honest with you, the amount of people in the show have done things on faith that it turns out didn't. Yeah, exactly. Anything. Yeah, he's not the he he certainly wouldn't be the first to have it all blow up in his face. Um, so. Yeah, that's a hell of a lot of trust he's putting in whoever's instructed him to do it, which I think is Claudia. Yeah, and like, what did you think? Like, so every season they've sort of focused on different characters. So the first season, it was Ulrich, very much so. Um, and then second season, it was like Charlotte. It was Hannah. Um, third season, it's now really Tronta, Katerina. Um, 
What do you think about the choice of the characters to push to the front of the pack in this uh, this series? It's really interesting. Really interesting. I mean, Katarina, I could kind of see. I I said at the end of last season that I thought she was going to become more significant than she had been, um, which I think is being borne out here. But I am surprised by Tronta. Um, He always seemed like a side character. But I think it's exciting as well, because what it shows us is that you can show someone in like, three scenes or however many Tronta was in previously to this I, I really don't I, I genuinely don't think it was that ma- that many more than that probably maybe four or five but he hasn't had many scenes and yeah. then suddenly here he is getting what looks to be a very major story arc and and getting some really really sort of high notes when it comes to the drama it's it's very it's it's really interesting. That's <coughs> Excuse me. Something that I really like as well in it is that they've sort of decided that yeah we, we like these characters uh or like you know we like these actors and they, I'm sure they maybe they told the actor like in first season like yeah you're only gonna have maybe one or two scenes in this season but big plan season three like uh, I really wonder if they told the actors that because this show doesn't have any recastings. Um, yeah. And, and a lot of shows do have recastings or they have they move characters out and bring new characters in and they're just the exact same character but with a different name. Yeah. This yeah. this show, you know, wasn't all, wasn't fully planned from the start. I mean, it was, but then they changed course after season one, as I've said before. But the idea that, that every every character and every actor that they've needed to come back, even for a small amount of time, has been up for it and been open to yeah. do it and shed the schedule-wise, it's it just adds so much to the show. See, when you can take a character who's in one or two scenes and bring them back two years later, yeah. it adds to the immersion a lot for me. Yeah, and that the that the actors themselves are ready to step up to bigger roles. You know, like that they yeah. that Tronta isn't just some guy we joke about trimming bushes because that's the only thing of note he's done for like three seasons or two seasons, and then suddenly it's like, oh, this is awesome. You know, he's doing he's doing really really good dramatic stuff in these scenes that he's in both the both the older and the, and the middle version of himself um and it's funny as well because i said in the last season that after egon had died we were running low on the sort of older gravelly voiced german actors um and and here we get tronta stepping up to the plate to to deliver yeah. do you think that we're going to get more of young tronta yes yeah i think we're going to see his past and his future I, I I think we're going to see what has caused him to choose I said choose uh, Yana over Claudia, um, okay. and I think we're going to see more of more of him with I, well I hope we'll see more of him with Regina as well um, because that will really make this the 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 sucker punch at the end of this episode hit all the harder as we see as we see them kind of developing a father son a father daughter rather relationship. Yeah, although there didn't seem to be anything um, present in that relationship in the first season when the two of them were alive and well in 2019. Yes, yeah, that's true. But I mean, they they barely saw we barely saw them interact with each other, and yeah. that's also like 33 years after this moment where Tronta commits himself to to Yana and his and his current family. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so um, now Elizabeth and Peter are in the the trailer. Um, I picked up on just one moment here it, that Elizabeth sort of finds the book, the mm. Claudia's old book. Um, do you think this is like is this just an allusion to how she sort of starts the rabbit hole down in her own mind? Maybe uh, you know how, but by the time you know twenty twenty fifty four comes along, she's pretty you know 
convinced of all this sort of thing, it seems. Uh, so, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think it's it's the classic, my parent, who actually does really care for me, is keeping secrets from me, and I'm a rebellious teenager, so I'm going to find solace in the arms of a of a, of a boyfriend or girlfriend who happens to carry a bunch of ideas about uh you know sigmundus and all that stuff and you know the, as ammunition for her not trusting him he has this book full of time travel stuff um so yeah i think this is going to be the start for it um for her and then she's going to go off and find noah presumably after he dies um to carry on her her training in the in the ways did, of did you did you just allude to the idea that you think she got this from noah the book yeah no so she's got the um she's got peter had it remember yeah so peter has it but she has the the note that she was sharing with noah where it says um mother daughter caves which is a nice little visual metaphor um as well like or mum sister caves because it's like ah there's also a portal in the caves that might take you to see your mother and your sister Um, but also in, in in the next scene her mother, mother and daughter are in caves. They bloody are, yes. Um, Not her mother and daughter, but mother and daughter. Her yeah. and her mother and her daughter. Yes, yeah. They're all <laughs> that, the gang's all here, all two of them, in, yeah. and the full all roles two they slash occupy. A billion of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So they're there, and uh, it seems like very. I like the way they did it. It was very somber. It was very silent. No dialogue, um, and like Charlotte basically found out what the relationship is. Yeah. And then they do the little, they, they mirror the little head bump um, from the first season, mm-hmm. just as this kind of, for me, a kind of silent acceptance of their really weird relationship <laughs> that they have. I, I, we, one of the weirdest, I would say. Yeah, it's, one hard, of the to, yeah, it's hard to get weirder. It is hard to get weirder than that. Yeah, it is. Um, okay, so do you expect us to see a lot of this future this season or do you expect it to sort of fade away now or will it'll come up every now and then i yeah i don't know i i I don't know how much there is there is to do there really i mean there's not there's there's claudia and um charlotte rather and uh and ellie are there obviously Mm -hmm. but i mean there's gonna i think there's gonna be a bit because i expect to see a bit more of the brown-haired girl just some kind of confirmation of maybe who she is or the scar on her face that one yeah the scarred girl but i i don't know how i don't think it's going to play that significant a part um what watch as that becomes like the main time (laughs) zone that we spent yeah that was i was was baiting that you know that's that's what i'm doing yeah that's that's what i am i'm a fisherman it's cruel yeah yeah. you're my catch yeah yeah <laughs> all right so uh up next we get the scene where um uh katarina's mom helen smacks her across the head yeah she's listening to a great song that this interrupts as well i don't know what song it is but i was like oh yes finally it's some more song. 80s jams and yeah. then smacks on the head i don't know i mean this this is perhaps um smacks on the head almost as if to say almost as if it was a metaphorical slap on conrad's head yeah saying of course, the rape allegation in season one wasn't real. Yeah, yeah, I should have known better, and there, and there, I was being struck across, struck across the head for being so foolish. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 this relationship, may, maybe this is me being naive, but this feel, it feels to me like they're saying that there's some animosity here. Maybe that's just the nature of an abusive relationship between a parent and and their child. But her mum looks at her with like such hatred in her eyes, and I don't really understand why. Um, uh, maybe, I, I hope we'll find out a bit more about that. Um, has, has she mentioned her dad at all? 
I'm trying to think no. if her dad has ever come up in this. No, never. It's never come up. Okay, so may- maybe there is something dark in how she was born or something like that um, that 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 causes her mum to hate her, like she reminds her of something traumatic. But mm. there's definitely something in this relationship that feels like it goes beyond the pale of what I I don't want to say like what I would expect of an abusive parent because obviously that's horrific in and of itself. But her yeah. mum really seems to dislike her. Yeah, and I've I've talked in le- at length on uh, dark discussions before and in previous videos before that about the idea of cycles in this show. Now I'm not going to get back into those, but the uh, the cycles of abuse um, mirror real life very much so. So like in my mind, like the cycle of abuse here is kind of broken in a way. Uh, I, I I credit Katarina for sort of almost breaking a cycle of abuse mm. because it would have been you know. In real life, this is what happens. You know, you are if you're abused, you're more likely now. Obviously, not 100, percent but you're more likely to become an abuser yourself. Yeah, Katarina, I think we can. Like, she's she has a few misgivings in terms of being a mother at certain times, but I'm, I'm sure we can say she is not an abuser to those children. Um, so I like to credit Katarina as one of the true breakers of the cycle in yeah. uh, in the show. Whereas if you think of like uh, Ulrich, Ulrich is not a breaker of the the sort of family like sort of cheating from his father. Um, and then also, the, obviously, what he ends up doing. But Ulrich doesn't doesn't break that cycle of abuse. Mm, abuse is a strong word in that regard. When killing Halga, not a strong word. But yeah. Um, but he's he sort of he continues on as, as the last generation did, whereas Katarina doesn't. And that's why I always in my mind give her credit as a character. Yeah, and I think that's fair enough. Like she say what you will about Katarina, but she absolutely loves her children. Like the, the, yeah. I don't think you can ever doubt that, which is more than can be said for her mother. Yep, I think that's true. Uh, (laughs) Okay, so montage time. Only thing I'm going to mention before you can mention whatever you want is, uh, Jesus, Yasin's looking good. (laughs) (laughs) That's um, I'm going to say it's his second top outfit in the in in, uh, that we've seen. Middle Asin, Middle Yasin's. I called him Asin then. I'm just concatenated Alexander and Yasin. This isn't into Middle Yasin. This is. Oh, it is actually. It is Middle Yasin. Yeah, middle, right, middle, middle Yasin. Obviously, was, young Yasin was in the first season. Yeah, yeah, it was a baby or was a child, I guess, not baby. <laughs> like, but um, yeah, it's not quite as good as the uh, the like rolled up sleeves jacket with the polo shirt underneath that he wore in season two. I want to say, but it's up there as far as that 80s was when fashion he was choices well, he was In the welding episode where he came into Cla- uh, Claudia's yeah, office. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Then, he, yeah, then he comes back and he's and in he a leather like, jacket. Yeah. Got some great <laughs> costume changes in that episode. Did, uh, did Yasin slash Alexander. Um, yeah. Makes so much sense seeing where they end up though, sort of having their own dinner party and all for the opening of the hotel and all. <laughs> so much sense that these two would be really fashion conscious. You know? Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're very like... It's funny, like, because they're kind of, they almost come, you can see how they'd come across as quite shallow if you knew them and quite materialistic. And it's a nice kind of peek inside that relationship to be like, no, they do actually love each other. They're just also very into dressing snappily, I guess. Um, yeah, and Claudia was very lucky that whenever she disappeared, there was actually someone there to take yeah, to look her after her dinner. daughter, just and someone who really loved her as well. Like, it's like, yeah. okay, yeah, I guess I'll be, I'll look after her from now on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's a good montage. This is it goes from one really cool song um, that that Katarina's listening to to another really great song choice uh, for the montage. Actually, this one this one stood out to me quite a lot. Um, good good return of split screen. Um, I think mm-hmm. that I feel like it's been a little while since we've seen that seen that employed or maybe i just haven't noticed it um but yeah it's, most, all, yeah. it's m- almost a return to the type of montage we got early on 
yeah. in uh, in season one, where yeah. it was very much was catch up a little bit, see characters where they are at the end of the episode. Whereas like it, towards the end of season two, there were some montages which were just jam packed full of content that we needed to know what was going on. Yeah, and this is just a return to sort of character building. You know, story is progressing. Yeah. But we still want to have a nice little catch up with them at the end of the episode. So um, yeah, that's, like, that's how I view it. There's like little sort of smart edits between related characters and like some of those relationships I've been talking about in this in this episode. I think really the only expository thing in this entire uh, montage was Noah uh, clearing out the rubble from the cave. It looks like there's been some kind of cave in that has blocked um, blocked the passage. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, apart from that, as you say, it's it's kind of a moment to breathe and reflect. Yep. With a lovely song. Yes. Uh, okay, so do you have anything to get into with the... Um, we've talked about it a little bit already. The Sigmundus Lair and the history behind it and the fact that it was a cult that existed already. I think it's a very... The fact that it's only a three-series show, they had to do something like this. Uh, you know, they had to do something to explain a lot of questions in one go. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it's, it's a bit convenient that Bartos knows all of this or can but i mean i i forgive it that because someone needed to do the info dump and it you know might as well be bartos because i feel like he's trying his luck with alt marta a little bit in this like he's sort of like well she's got a fringe but (laughs) yeah i'm prepared to overlook that to restart i'm prepared to overlook that (laughs) yeah as if he has a choice she's not into you either in the either in your world (laughs) or hers bartos moron um yeah, it's it's um it's a cool bit of exposition though. We get a bit of information kind of fleshing out, as you say, of the, the Sigmundus group. Um there's also an interesting moment where Altmata, as she's walking into the room, appears to be looking at the ground in much a similar way to how Stranger was looking at a spot on the ground in the Carnvald house, um, at the beginning mm. of season two, which makes me think that maybe what happened between uh Jonas and Marta will be replicated in this room rather than the Carnvold house. So she'll watch, she watch someone die maybe on this floor. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to guess it's Magnus. Not really got any reason for that, except that we know that she has said he will die um, mm. in her world. So it makes me think maybe it will be him. Um, but um, yeah, that it's, it's, uh, it's just an interesting way to kind of flesh out the Sigmundus group, generally speaking. Yeah. I agree, and the idea of like like who's gonna die in in that who's gonna get shot, and you think it's Magnus at the minute. It's interesting because we're doing a podcast. That's probably that little vision that she had is probably gonna stay in your head more than it would of a normal viewer. Yeah. Um. So we have to remember that going forward. Like, so I I assume like no matter where this character goes, if that hasn't happened yet, you're still gonna be thinking about who that was. Whereas necessarily when we're watching it, uh, for the first time, binging it, that's sort of come. You, you think about it for five minutes and then you yeah. just get carried away. <laughs> I with mean, it was this. like less than a second that yeah. <laughs> it was on that shot so maybe they'll just never mention it but uh <laughs> yeah. it's in there and it's, it's not getting there, out yeah. yeah exactly uh okay last scene <sighs> yep there's uh now this does not look the sigmundus i'll say this right now the sigmundus lodge looks bad it looks like the kind of place that super villains would hang out the one alt martyr or e- eva's um lodge is like worse it's all black marble and like no like neutral oh not not neutral like uh negative co- colors and space it's like oh yeah let's make this look like a, a church to satan or something if at all possible yeah 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 but yeah what did you think about the fact that it's sort of it sort of is revealing that isn't in this alt world there is a sick thing going on too 
Yeah, well, that's kind of what fed into my theory about the uh, the, the cleanup crew and maybe they're operating across worlds um, because this appears, obviously, it is kind of a literal mirror of Sigmunda, so maybe there's no interaction between between the groups. Um, but mm-hmm. the, the fact that uh, Marta uh, or Eva seems to be well aware of what is going on or Marta as well actually for that matter Alt Marta and Eva seem to be well aware of what is going on in in the the regular world makes me think that for that um by by that logic her Sigmundus must be aware of it as well interesting um did you pause it no I was thinking I bet the fan base had a hell of a time after this episode happened looking at that bloody thing on the ground. And I, I thought about it and I said, I'm not going to do it because I I want to experience it as they've showed it to me. And I'm not going to spend loads of time analysing this thing on the floor, but I bet there's some interesting stuff in there. I think there's going to be some people who are very happy with that decision. Yeah. Um, and some people who are not. This... Uh map on the floor has got some some people think that they revealed this too early i'm just going to say something that maybe those people didn't think of or maybe i'm just wrong and you can disagree with me i think they didn't reveal it too early uh because when you go into this and have a look at it and really dig deep into it right there's certain things in there which you can glean and you will know but those things that you will glean from it, you need to know other things. So you need to know certain names of certain characters that we don't know yet. And the only reason we knew those names is because we were reading into the images of different newspaper articles in the show. And we were and we were like um, reading all of the Wikipedias and reading all of that extra information that was put out as well as the show. So the big reveals in this thing I don't believe Conrad has never seen a trailer. He's never looked up the Wikipedia. He's never looked up the dark website. I don't think that he would take all of the information from it that we think he would. That's yeah, all I'll say. I think I think that's it's difficult when someone is watching a show that you, I I was kind of the same way with Game of Thrones where where someone is watching a show that you know really well and that you're kind of invested in the fandom of because mm. purely by being invested in that fandom you have so many more discussions with people that open your eyes to things that you probably didn't notice in the show and like you say yeah. names of characters or, or or stuff like that um and yeah that was my thinking with this like i could pause this and like really analyze this but i think I, I I looked through it and I was like, okay, I can't see anything that immediately jumps out at me on this. I'm sure there is stuff in there, but my my thinking is, if I'm gonna have something revealed to me, or if I'm gonna gonna figure something out, or or or, or get arrive at something um, before the show tells it to me, I want it to be kind of like as a natural part of watching the show, rather than because I've gone off on like a a deep dive um, mm. down the down the internet rabbit hole of dark fandom. Yeah, so when my a lot of the theories that I didn't show you that I predicted uh, were, were based well, not I didn't most of them were incorrect still to be honest with you, but they were based on the zoomed in second shot of this. Um, it was shown in the trailer. Uh, okay. The, the zoomed in second shot with the infinity symbol in the middle. Yeah. See the fact that you called in the second first second episode ever. The I think it was the first ever episode. You were talking about the infinity symbol in yeah. Stranger's hotel room. Yeah. There was people in the comments who were like, he already knows about the infinity symbol. <laughs> <laughs> I 
So that was pretty cool. What just can I well can we break it down a little bit just from what you remember of it? Yeah. So it's basically like an infinity symbol in the middle and then it branches off into two separate wings, right? Yeah. So what do you think? What do you what do you think it's even in the in the big sort of overall big idea trying to represent? Well, okay, so this actually this brings me back to something, right? That I'm going to I'm going to talk about like the the St. Christopher stuff that we've talked about before, right? There's, they talk about this, this St. Christopher story. So the one who renounced the devil to carry the creator of the world. Now the world word carry could be another word for pregnancy and the renouncing the devil really only brings me to mind of a handful of characters, basically people who've rejected Sigmundus. So you've got, and vice to my title. knowledge, say that again, sorry. The, the vice title. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Device Teufel, Jonas, and Altmarter. Those are the three. So, and all of the, all three of those characters are trying to unpick this knot. They're basically trying to find the the flap of the butterfly's wings that caused everything. They they're, they're working back through all these events, and so that's that's it looks to me like a what, butterfly. Exactly, it does look like a butterfly. Those bastards. Um, <laughs> so that to me is what this represents: is you've got these branching patterns of familial relationships that come from this one central point in the knot that needs to be undone um and and tracing that back to that point through those familial relationships is what those guys are trying to do um so did you did you pick up did you even have a look at what relationships were just on the very either side of that infinity um i did i think it is it I'm trying to remember now because I didn't write it down. Um, but I think it it was Nielsen's right on the on either side of it. I think it yep. was it, Agnes was one of them. I think I can't remember what the other one was mm-hmm. on the left um, off the top of my head. Um, but so yeah, I think in my mind the Saint Christopher metaphor is going to be the person who gives birth to the person who. <laughs> causes the whole problem basically and in my mind i think okay i think claudia might be the saint christopher in this situation she seems like the most likely person because she's kind of carrying others on her shoulders to try and fix this which if we carry the metaphor forward means the person that she gave birth to is going to be the cause of the problem which i guess means regina um but uh i don't know that feels that feels odd because she's dead now but um that, that's kind of where my mind is with that theory at the moment in terms of what this looks like yeah it look my my theory about everyone being a nielsen or everyone being related i guess is the more um the broader way of putting it because everyone's a nielsen is kind of a joke but it does seem like everyone is now is now related to everyone else in some way there are certain parts of this now you know there are one or two squares of this thing that are not connected just to say like the whole thing oh, if you took a, if you took five minutes to look at it or two minutes to look at it, you'd notice that they they all aren't connected, you know, in in, in perfect ways. I'll just say. Well, I mean, we can. They, I mean, they're all connected in some way, but but they're but it's it's not like it's. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it in a non-spoiler way. We can, I mean we can do an analysis of it. I don't. I'm happy either way. I I wasn't like that committed to it. I just kind of made a snap decision. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to spend like ages looking at this because. I think I'm 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 either going to misrepresent in some information or I'm going to I'm going to arrive at something that I wouldn't have arrived at otherwise. I think we're going to leave the analysis of it now. I think there's a particular episode I'm thinking of that after that happens we could look 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 at it a little bit more. Yeah. Um but at the minute I think we'll leave it 
Um, there is a big aspect to it that you're not picking up on right now. Okay. Um, but I'll leave that hanging. Okay. It's just supposed to go unless and look at like, it. Unless, to be honest with you, unless it's like the trio thing and it's so obvious that you're just not saying it. But there's there's something that you're not picking up about it. Well, the, it's the old the mirrored worlds. Is that what I'm not picking up on? That's the thing I wanted you to mention. Okay, yeah, like yeah. yeah. So the, so the like line down the middle I... is the mirrored world. It okay, is, awesome. it's like yeah. the old world. So that's yeah. that's one of those that's one of those other obvious things <laughs> yeah, you just weren't yeah. going to say. Yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> yeah. No. So I I and and so I didn't actually see which side was which to be honest. But yeah, my interpretation yeah. is here's your one world. Here's your alternate world. Something that something, something. joins in the middle between these worlds and there, you know between it's it's the creation of adam again you know his god his man that spot in between is where everything else is and it's finding that bloody finding that 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 spot that creates everything so you do think that that infinity symbol that spot is a person or do you think it's an event i think it's a person i think that the the the, 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 the explanation of the i could be way off with this but the the create the the mention of the saint christopher mythos that and that carrying the one who like renouncing the devil and carrying the one who will create the world to me that feels very pointed as as a bit of dialogue saying mm-hmm. that saint christopher is the person who like guides the person who's gonna either i i can't really get it straight in my head either they've either carried the person who's going to break everything or they've carried the person who is going to fix everything i'm not 100 percent sure which way that cuts yet but yeah. um but i think the person they carried or in my in my mind the person they gave birth to is the thing that sits in the middle of that and it's figuring out who that person is that is kind of the end goal at this point cool roundup time (laughs) let's do it all right so imdb rating this week 8.9 uh i think that's about right yeah, there was a. There, it's funny actually. This this episode really held up to second watching. The first first time I watched it, I was a bit like, oh, that wasn't that dynamic. We didn't get too much in that episode. But then the second time I watched it, I was like, actually, there's there's loads of good character work in that for Katarina, um, mm-hmm. so, and and uh, the Claudia Regina Tronta stuff is really good as well. So yeah, I think that I think that's probably about right. That score. Yeah. Very okay, good guys. And before. Episode. Yeah, I thought it was good as well. I think before we go into the uh, full-on, like, sort of overall chatting, uh, we, we, we've we done a lot of it, to be honest with you. And just to find out if we have any more theories that Conrad has that he hasn't told us yet, before we do that, we forgot that there was a title card in this episode and the name of the episode. We forgot to do the name of the episode. Um, now, I'm sorry about that. Um, <laughs> I was a bit taken aback by it, to be honest with you. For, for a show that I like to think of as perfect, it's strange that they didn't do the title card with the name of the episode at all in the second season. They did every episode in the first season and then they go for one episode into the second season and then they're like, in episode two, or episode two of the third season, they're like, yeah, let's have it back again. Yeah, let's bring that it's, back. It's a bit all over the place. Hmm. Maybe an episode of Dark Discussions is, why did they choose the episodes they <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it's uh, The Travelers in uh, English. Our Survivors, so, isn't it? Oh, yes, it is. Sorry, 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 sorry. I just really wanted to say D. Reisenden. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so the survivors. Okay, so do you do you know what it is? Do you want to have a go? Uh, I do. Yeah, I think it's T. Überlebenden. Right. <laughs> it says uh, it in the episode. You realize that, right? Yeah, the Überlebenden. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, and I think that is it. That, that, that's it's almost phonetic that one. Yeah, it's got an umlaut. I think. Yeah. I think Uber has an umlaut on it. Yeah. Yeah. So Uber is super. Is that correct? Uber is over. over. I mean, it can be. It can be. Um, it, I think it can be used to mean Uber mensch. What things. does that mean? Uh, uh, that. <laughs> Getting into dangerous territory with this. That means. I don't I know think, what it means. I think that literally means over man to Zoe, but it. it oh it, yes, yes, yeah, an ubermensch. Yeah, okay. But, yeah. But, it, but it means like an alpha male. Yeah, but it is interpreted to mean like superiority, which I think is where the Superman thing comes from. But um, fair enough. Okay, gotcha. All right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, any theories you haven't heard yet, or we just sort of teetering um, to the end of this episode bit by bit? <laughs> yeah, just creaking our way towards it. Uh, let me just check. Let me consult the Matrix. Uh, no, I think we've got everything. Um, oh, good. I think, yeah, we've nailed it all. Like the CUC stuff, I think they're from another world. Stay tuned for that. Katarina being the lady in the lake and uh, and Tronta and Regina and Claudia's various relationships. We've Familial covered it all. Ties. Yes. Um, in the comments, guys, weigh in on whether Conrad and I should do a deeper analysis on that uh map on the floor uh it's gonna be so hard for me not to go off and google image search that now i almost i really did want to do it it wasn't just laziness i was like i'm not gonna do it but we'll see what the we'll see what the listeners say yeah see what the comments say maybe if you want us to if we get enough people saying it maybe we can do that in the roundup next week well we'll see we'll see i'm i also like the idea of conrad like not really knowing because let's be honest he came into this season with a plus one in the theory matrix we need a. we can't let him get a plus we can't let him get a plus (laughs) No one is leaving dark predicting more right than wrong. No oh, one. If I get that, I'm going to write an email to Jon Chafris and Barbara and I'll be like, your show was rubbish. I guessed everything. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess everything. That that reminds me of a friend of mine. Uh, I haven't talked to him for many years, actually, but we went to see Newton Faulkner, uh, the musician, live. And Newton Faulkner is known for playing the guitar with ridiculous skill. He plays like the bass he plays the uh, the main sort of um, rhythm section. He plays the drums on it. He plays the the uh, the treble. He plays like four parts on a guitar at one time. My friend was very good at the guitar too, and we met Newton Faulkner after the after the concert. And the first thing the thing he said to this celebrity who he, he loved his music, he said, "Pretty good. I'm going to go home and learn all your songs." <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, nice, and then the new nice. was like, oh, "Okay, good for you, buddy. Good luck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so great. I thought that was hilarious. But yeah, so that was a good episode. Um, what do you think about a wee segment? Sure, I could go for a segment. I I don't know what it is, but when I kiss you, it's like I'm kissing my brother." All right, very quick this week, the segment is Vincest. Yes. Um, because I only decided to do the segment during the po- uh, the podcast, to be honest with you, because I realized that there's some discussion to be had. If your theory is correct that Tronta is Regina's father, then yes. there's some family tree stuff going on that we could have a chat about. Right, so on. I'm thinking, first of all, that would mean that Bartos is related to Marta. Uh, oh, wait, hold on. Let me Bartos get this. is... Tronto would be Bartos's grandfather. Yes. And Marta's grandfather. Oh. Yes. That's true. Okay, wait. So 
yeah, that would make what that would make them cousins. Yeah, cousins of some sort. Yeah. So about about the same kind of familial distance as Magnus and Francisca, which yeah. is as we've said before, close enough to close enough to not be comfortable. <laughs> True. Close yeah. enough to be illegal in most in most countries. Yeah. It would also it would mean. What else is there? So Bartos, no, I think that's actually all there is at the minute. Yeah, I think it's. I, I mean, I still think everyone is everyone is bloody related in this show. So I'm just waiting for the pieces to fall into play. Like Peter Doppler, I'm convinced he's related to Claudia as well because of the way they're cutting around him and her in this show. So he's bloody he's bloody fitting in there somewhere too, which then means that Ellie, uh, which then means Francisca is even more related to magnus if regina is oh wait hold on no because that's bartos <laughs> oh my god it's gonna get too complicated <laughs> to do this but basically if, if peter doppler slots into this as well it's gonna become a nightmare it's already a nightmare <laughs> to be honest peter doppler um right okay He's in so... there somewhere, i'm telling you oh uh, yeah this is gonna be great i can't wait i can't wait to see, have your thoughts on the rest of the season yeah. six episodes to go that's all we've got I, I worked it out. Uh, it's going to be... I think the last episode is going to be coming out on the 18th of January. Oh, that's not that far away. That's not that far away at all. So, um, you know, Trump's presidency will still be teetering on just for the last few days. So we'll actually be finished dark around the same time the current president of America's term ends. That's well, what was perfect symmetry. We'll wear our party hat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, thanks very much for listening, guys. Uh, we have been Anthony and Conrad, as always. And uh, we... <laughs> we'd like you to subscribe if you can if you like the video it would do us a lot of uh, favors too subscribe on audio podcasts if you haven't already those numbers are ticking up so thank you very much for that um if you want to contribute to the podcast in any way if any you know anything you give us will be great only if you can if you can't throw it to charity or spend it on food for yourself that's probably a good thing too treat yourself treat yourself you know on a nice pasta dinner but uh basically guys thanks very much for listening and i think i've said all i need oh yeah if you want to leave a comment for Conrad for next week, and if you want to also uh, email us, it's adpodmail at gmail.com. Right, guys, thanks very much for listening. Any final thoughts, Conrad? Um, I am St. Christopher, and I'm going to carry you all to the end of dark. Can't wait. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the After Dark Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode.